Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton Thompson. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported more than 3,000 women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. Together, we'll break your past patterns and eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. I hope you are having an amazing day so far today. I've got a bunch of stuff I want to talk to you about. I sure do. Can you believe it's almost October? I cannot believe it is October. In fact, the other day I posted on, um, I think my Instagram stories, a countdown to my 40th birthday. I turned 40 in July, and uh, that's like a big milestone birthday. And one of you reached out to me on uh, DM and said, does it keep you motivated? Like, does knowing that your 40th birthday, does it keep you motivated? And I said, there's nothing that keeps me motivated. Right. There's not any one thing, even, you know, wanting to be an amazing example for my kids that doesn't keep me motivated. But it's more like there are perspectives, certain perspectives that I can tap into intentionally that help me stay in action. Right. It's not it's not even necessarily a motivation thing and it's certainly not a lasting thing. It's what I said to her was, it's more like an opportunity to remind myself of a perspective that helps me get into action regardless of how I feel. Does that make sense? There are so many things like that. My 40th birthday coming up is one of them. I was also thinking because I'm having kids later in life than a lot of people do. Let's say that... Uh, one of my twins has kids when she's 40. That means when I have an infant grandchild, I'll be 80. So when my grandchild is 10, I'll be 90. And not only do I want to be around for that, I want to be able to enjoy it and able to participate and able to really engage fully. That is a perspective to tap into because what I'm doing to my body now impacts how long it's going to stick around for me and not only keep me alive, but also functional. So that is an example, not of something that keeps me motivated. Motivation by definition is a, is a, is a feeling and feelings change, but it's a perspective that I can tap into that helps me get in action regardless of how I feel. I think we all have those things. We just don't all tap into them regularly. That's a choice. The choice to remind yourself of the many reasons, right? Anyway, I uh, 
before we get into the rest of the topics and questions, this week I want to give away my favorite protein powder, GBX Protein, in your choice, chocolate, vanilla, or salted caramel. I like chocolate and vanilla. Salted caramel I, I like as well, but I don't use that one as much just because I'm kind of a plain Jane when it comes to food and flavors. So this one has been a hot topic because as I've been sharing with you now that I'm six week postpartum, getting into more of a fat loss mode because I've still got baby weight from Dagny and Roman and the twins, obviously the twins, that I'm ready to, ready to just get rid of. And my, one of my first steps was eating more protein. And there are lots of ways to do that. I'm a big fan of chicken and steak and fish and all of those things. But it also, I need more protein than generally I want to eat animal protein in a day. So I use the GBX protein either in a protein shake form or what I've really been into lately is putting a scoop of it in Greek yogurt. So I just get plain full fat Greek yogurt, add a scoop of the protein powder. And also because we eat dinner really early, I was sharing that we tend to eat dinner between 5 and 5.30 because that's what works for Roman and we want to all eat together. So it's really important in him developing healthy food habits. But then if I don't go to bed until, say, 11 because I'm pumping every three hours, so I stay up a little bit later than I would like to, um, I'm not only hungry, but I need more protein before I go to bed. So I'll often do a really simple shake, chocolate protein, a little bit of nut butter, ice, water, it's like a sweet fix, but it also gives me some protein. So that's what we're going to give away today. I will announce the winner at the end of the show. You can win by leaving a review of this podcast on whatever platform you listen. And I'll also put the link to the GBX protein in the show description in case you want to check it out, along with a coupon code, $10 off, which is good because the GBX protein is super affordable, in my opinion. All right. The first question says, I'm struggling with giving up Diet Coke. How did you do it? So I used to be a Diet Coke junkie. And I told myself, it's fine because it's no calories. But treating food like it's calories are the be-all, end-all is really crazy because there's so much more from a chemical and additive standpoint. I mean, you name it. The the colorings used in Diet Coke, the artificial flavors, the artificial sweeteners, just not good for your health, you know? Uh, it's not where people have to start. I did not start cleaning up my diet by getting rid of Diet Coke, and you certainly do not have to do everything at once. I don't think you should do everything at once, make a whole bunch of changes at once. But I started by dialing it back. And a lot of times what I noticed is I drank so much Diet Coke that I really wasn't savoring it. I wasn't paying attention to it. And there's a point of diminishing returns, right? The first sip is really amazing. By the last sip, you're not paying attention. And so by reducing how many I was having in a day, I was appreciating it more and I was fully present for it more. So I just started dialing it back. Like, I'm not going to have Diet Coke before noon. And then I would really look forward to that one at noon and I would appreciate it so much more. And I just did a very gradual phased approach of reducing it. Certainly for some people, going cold turkey works. You got to do what works for you. But I think this comes back to having many reasons and also having alternatives. So a lot of people are like, but I like having something to sip on and water's really boring. I feel that as well. 
I love and drink Edge all day long. Like, I won't even tell you how many scoops of Edge I have. Um, I've done a whole episode on it before, so I won't go into it. But it's it's all natural. There's no calories. There's no caffeine. Of course, because there's no calories, there's no sugar. Um, you know, there's no artificial sweeteners. And I like having that in addition to plain water, especially right now where I have to drink so much water because I'm pumping for twins. So I drink edge all day long, have something else, but don't have it be, don't have your swap be something that's also full of artificial colors and flavors and sweeteners. Cause that's just crazy. That's my two cents. How can I easily reference my reasons when I feel weak? That's the question. How can I easily reference my reasons when I feel weak? So reasons she's referring to an episode I did might have been 903. Let me double check that because it's a really good episode and I don't want to get it wrong. Let's see here. Primal potential 903. Could be 803. Yeah, I think that's it. 903. So in 903, I talked about having many reasons, making them strong and revisiting them often. And I use the example of for eating well, your only reason can't be weight loss, right? Because when I got pregnant, it's like, well, weight loss is no longer a reason. So now do I just have full throttle permission to eat whatever, whenever? That's not going to be effective. So I have reasons like my lifespan, my health, avoiding disease, having more energy, sleeping better at night, being a great example for my kids, all of those kinds of things, right? It's just who I want to be. I want to be that kind of person. I don't want to be a fast food junkie. I don't want to be somebody who disrespects my body. I don't want to be a statistic. You know, the majority of people are overweight or obese. I don't want to be a statistic. Have many reasons, make them strong, revisit them often. So this question is, how can I easily reference them when I feel weak? Well, you can do something that's sort of 101 baseline level. I used to do with my affirmations years ago was I had them on a note card and I had that same note card in a bunch of different places. I had it on my desk. I had it on my purse. I had it on my bathroom vanity. I had it on the dash of my car, just a lot of different places. But you'll ignore it if you're not intentional about going to it. What I do now is I just repeat them in my head a lot, especially when I'm struggling. And that is nothing more than a practice. There are many times where I don't repeat them in my head, and it probably would have been helpful too, but I'm always in this practice of what are all the reasons? I also journal about it. That helps me a ton. I journal about the kind of person that I want to be today. Not in general, not in 20 years, today. I do that in my Changemakers journal every single day. That is very reinforcing. Plus, because I'm doing it with my Changemakers journal, I'm also putting together like my task list at that time and what I'm going to eat in that day. So I'm coming to those decisions with that frame of mind. And things are a little different now that I am in uh, the NICU for a lot of the day. But I when I'm at home, I always have my journal out and open on my desk. And so I'm seeing those things about who and how I want to be, which very much reflects my many reasons. So the Changemakers Journal is another way to do it. But ultimately, it's just a gradual, slow process of making that a priority, right? There's, there's no replacement for 
just doing the work over and over and over and over again. And a lot of times that means you're doing it in moments when you don't necessarily feel weak because expecting that you're going to initiate a practice in an already tough moment probably isn't going to work for a lot of people. But if you're in the practice of doing it, say, at set time intervals, I do it when I wake up, I do it every time before I get out of my car, I do it when I journal, I do it when I'm in the shower, then it's already sort of primed and in your system when you have a moment when you feel weak, but expecting that you're going to remember or be willing to do it when you feel weak and having that be when your practice is probably not the most effective approach. This next one says, how do I say no to myself and others? I actually think this has to do with having many reasons. If you don't have strong reasons for what you do, if your reasons aren't compelling, if you're not revisiting those reasons often, then they're not top of mind. And so there's nothing competing for that space. If somebody wants you to have a drink or wants you to have a cookie or wants you to go do something that you don't want to do, there's nothing countering that offer in your headspace. So for example, if somebody were to ask me right now, hey, you know, do you want to go out to breakfast on Tuesday morning? It's very easy, even though I love going out to breakfast, if I was going to go out for any meal, that's the one that I really enjoy the most. And I think socialization is hugely important. It's lacking in my life. So it'd be compelling, but it's also easy to say no to because I have a priority to be with my girls first thing. So I'm not trying to fit it in later, right? It's, it's not just, it's, this isn't something on my calendar, right? It's not like, oh, well, I can't because I have to work. That's easy. I can go see the girls anytime I want. But I've set a standard for myself. I have a reason for that standard. And so it's easy. Do you have set standards for yourself? Like for me, if I'm going to have alcohol, I'm not going to have sugar. If I'm going to have sugar, I'm not going to have alcohol. So if we're going to go out to eat and I'm going to get a spicy margarita, I'm not going to do dessert. But if I'm going to do dessert, I'm not going to get a drink. That's a standard that I have for myself. And then I have reasons, many reasons for those standards. Money is one reason. Energy is one reason. Discipline is a reason. Having the standards so that it doesn't become this slippery slope and this debate that I have to engage in anew every single time I'm out, that's a reason. I don't want to keep debating the same thing over and over because that's exhausting. We all know how exhausting that is. I know you know how exhausting that is. So do you have standards? Like we do prior to the girls being born, we did family dinner one night a week. That was just a standard. So if there was like a work engagement, it's just an easy no because that was a standard. If we had friends saying, hey, come do this thing with us, like, no, we do family dinner on this night with Chris's parents and my mom and her husband. I have standards around food. I have standards around work. I just, that helps with the decision making, saying yes or no. What are your standards? Do you have standards? You don't need to suddenly implement 16 new standards, but really look at, do I have clear standards in whatever the area is? Is it around how you spend your time, how you spend your money, what you put in your body, what you don't put in your body, if you work out or not? Do you have standards? There was a really interesting conversation, unrelated, switching gears here, in the Primal Potential Facebook group the other day, and I wanted to touch on it here it's always an interesting thing 
I, I don't want to say I struggle with, but I kind of consider and think about and strategize about being a moderator of a Facebook group. When somebody comments on something that I don't agree with, do I say that I don't agree with it? And I think it's a spectrum, right? There are some things that I'm like, whoa, 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 that's not cool. We don't do that here. That's easy. That one's really easy. But if somebody just holds a differing opinion, right now I kind of let it go because I don't want the group to ever just be, this is Elizabeth's view. But at the same time, I feel bad because I think that it's it's inaccurate, you know? And, and I guess maybe that's a difference. Sometimes it's something that's inaccurate versus accurate. And sometimes it's just personal preference. But somebody posted something in the Facebook group about how do you know, they wanted to know how you could know what supplements you need. People were chiming in with all sorts of different thoughts. And somebody said, well, just don't go taking a whole bunch of supplements until you've been tested and show that you have a deficiency. And I was like, okay, I totally disagree with that. And it didn't say anything because there was a whole collection of comments, including my own comments. I got my opinion out there. I think it came in before this particular comment did. But here's why I don't think that the bar for if you should supplement is testing for deficiency. Number one, you're not going to be able to test for everything. There are some things like vitamin D is a really easy one. You can get tested, show your levels, easy. Sure, most uh, general practitioners not only are willing to do that test, but at some point do do that test. But there's a ton of other things that don't get tested for or can't get tested for or can't get tested for completely. For example, probiotics. You're not going to get tested for a probiotic deficiency. Sure, you can do one of those stool analyses and and basically send in a sample of your poop and they'll tell you about the diversity of microbiome uh, of bacteria in, in your stool. But that's not telling us about the different colonies that live on your skin or in your mouth or in your genital region. And they're all very different and very important. The, the bacteria population in our stool is not reflective of all the bacterial populations that are relevant to the conversation when we're talking about supplementation. And then there's a million other things that you're just not going to get tested for because those tests don't exist or because they're incomplete a million different reasons. But here's the other thing. So the suggestion was basically don't do it unless you've been shown to be deficient. Well, if you're deficient, that's a far cry from optimal, right? They're not testing to say if you're optimal. They're showing you if you're deficient. So if you don't show deficiency, that does not mean you shouldn't supplement because you could still be extremely far from optimal, and I'm not saying that everybody needs to be taking a million supplements. I don't think that's true. I think before that, people need to eat better. <laughs> people need to eat better, move more, sleep more, stress less before they have a conversation about supplementation. I think that is extremely important. However, I'm going to stop my breast pump now if you've been annoyed by uh, that noise. Um, that's just life right now. Things have to get done while you're pumping, you know, I pump every three hours. It's a good window of time to get things done. So if you just supplement, if you know you have a deficiency, there's a lot that you don't know. And again, doesn't mean you're anywhere near optimal just because you're, you're not deficient. 
So I don't think people need to supplement with a million different things. I do think people need to clean up their diets, get more sleep, move their bodies more, stress less, for sure. But there are also a lot of supplements that are really helpful. And that's one of the positive things that comes from science and technology in 2022. We are able to pinpoint things that help with everything from reducing cravings to reducing menstrual cramps to alleviating joint pain to reducing systemic inflammation in the body that have nothing to do with a test that you can see a value for. And when we talk about the majority of these tests, their values are looking at risk for disease or dysfunction. They're not reporting on optimal health and performance and longevity. So I am not a fan of taking a million supplements myself because I just find it annoying and time consuming, not to mention expensive. But there are some that are extremely valuable. I mentioned drinking edge. Not only does it help me get my water in because I really enjoy the taste of it, but it helps me with focus. It helps me with sugar cravings. And I'm just, I'm just a huge fan. It makes my life better. It's not because of any kind of deficiency. It makes my life better. Same thing with Relief Plus. After Roman was born, I was having this super annoying knee pain. And I just thought, well, you know, something weird postpartum or it's because I'm carrying extra weight because I just had a baby. And I took Relief Plus and my knee pain went away. And not only that, I started to notice changes in the puffiness overall that I would notice in my hands or in my face because it was reducing systemic inflammation. I'm not going to test for dysfunction. Like I didn't have a dysfunctional level of inflammation, but I also didn't have an optimal level of inflammation. And inflammation is the starting point of all disease. So I want to stay on top of that. Same thing with the adaptogens that are a huge part of my life. I mean, in general, but certainly since Dagny died and ever since then, adaptogens are natural compounds that help your body respond appropriately to stress. And sometimes that our response needs to be dialed down and sometimes it needs to be dialed up and that's very individual. There's no deficiency there. There's no dysfunction there, but it helps me prevent dysfunction. And that's so valuable. So I just wanted to put my thoughts out there because... I never want to seem argumentative in the Facebook group, and it's always it's always a consideration of, of, especially when you can't hear somebody's tone of voice and, you know, nobody needs that drama. Wanted to just clear the air on my thoughts there. Last question, and then I'll give away the GBX protein. This one says, how do I build my network marketing platform without relying on close friends and family? Add value. If you want to use social media, that's a brilliant strategy because anybody anywhere can find you. And then the strategy would be growing your reach, growing your impact. And we do that by either adding value or being entertaining or both. So add more value or be more entertaining or both. Add more value can be teaching. It can be sharing your own journey. And then do that consistently and people will be interested and intrigued by that. The way that social media platforms work, they are on the back end, they work by helping 
people discover things they might be interested in because then they spend more time on the platform. So if you are sharing a journey about building a business or weight loss, they want to show you to people who don't know you who are interested in what you're doing, who have shown that they're interested in that topic, because then they're going to spend more time on that platform. So the algorithms work when you are consistent in adding value and people seem interested in it to show you more people that you don't currently know who are interested in those things. So use social media for that. But also, networking is in the in the question, you know, how do I build my networking marketing platform? Go network in real life. Go to events, go to meetups, look at what's local to you. If there's not anything going on, start something up. A woman's group, a walking group, a dog group, meet new people and then genuinely share what your interests are, which can include your business. It's not about pitching or convincing. This is something that I teach people on my team, the difference between trying to convince somebody and trying to connect with somebody. Most people fail because they're trying to convince and they're not trying to connect. And there's a huge difference in the approach there. But I would also say you want to make sure that you are part of a company that has resources and people to help you with those differences so that you will be successful. All right, the winner of GBX Protein, the thing that I go through fastest in my pantry right now, because Roman's obsessed with it too, GBX Protein. He's obsessed with it in my yogurt. He's obsessed with it when I make a protein shake. I feel like I have to make my protein shakes bigger now because he ends up eating a quarter of it, which bums me out because I don't like to share food. Any other moms out there that are like, this is for me, man. I don't want to share it with you. I got to make more. All right, the winner Thanks to a review of the podcast. You can leave a review of the podcast and you could win next week. Jacqueline in Tucson. If you are Jacqueline in Tucson and that is the name under which you left your review, J-A-C-K-L-Y-N, Jacqueline in Tucson, email me, elizabeth at primalpotential.com. Let me know that you were the winner for episode 1022 and let me know what flavor you want, chocolate, vanilla, or salted caramel. And of course, let me know your mailing address no matter where in the world you are and I will get it out to you. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time.